Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast, a podcast about expanding your creative capacity. Each week, we interview inspiring creatives to help you grow your freelance career. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Closer and Closer podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Andrea Mejia Madriz, and I'm a part of the artist marketing and partnerships team here at Closer and Closer. Who's my wonderful co-host, you may ask? It's the one, the only, Dave Arcade. What's up, Andrea? Hello, everybody. I'm Dave Arcade, and I am an artist on the Closer and Closer roster, but enough about me because it is my pleasure to introduce today's guest. He grew up doodling during math class and studied fine arts and graphic design with a focus on illustration. He's always nostalgic for the 90s, missing the bright, colorful plastic toys and summers with water guns. His work is infused with his vibrant imagination and the magic of his younger years. From Madrid, Spain, and one of my favorite illustrators in the world, Alejandro Perea. Welcome, my friend. Welcome. Thank you, man. And I appreciate you pronouncing my surname in a really good way, because I heard you in the other podcast how you say that, so you have improved things. No, I, I still slaughtered uh, it, but it's terrible. Like, I cannot pronounce anybody's name. It's okay. So I can tell you've been practicing. So <laughs> I've been practicing all morning long. It's like Alejandro Perea, Alejandro Perea, Alejandro Perea, and I was trying to say it in all these different. I also no, love that I would be so fully excited. capable of correctly pronouncing these people's names because I am also Hispanic, and yet we just let you continue to do it because it's more fun that way. It, it is. It okay. wouldn't be good. Like if nobody's seen seen me, like the way you would describe me is like, oh, he's white. <laughs> period but like yeah it, like period really More than white. like Alejandro has like the darkest hair and beard like the the color of like uh, indigo almost it's almost so black it's blue and I just have like a white beard and <laughs> flaky skin anything anything to say about my mustache or I love your mustache dude ever since I've oh, known you, you you're like a young man <laughs> who rocks like a beautiful mustache and I just think it's so cool Everybody's going to be so jealous now that they don't get to look at you. They're going to be like in the audio, like, what the heck? I want to see him. Can can you leave us alone, Andrea? (laughs) There's a lot of pictures of Alejandro online, like lifting weights, like rub down in oil and stuff. So you can can find him. I just started a couple of months ago, so it's nothing good to see there. (laughs) Well, Alejandro, I know that besides your really great weightlifting career, um, you also are a beautiful artist, and we, that's what we love about you here. Um, and I was actually taking a look at your Behance the other day, and I saw how your style has evolved just so much since back in the day. I'd never really scrolled back um, and checked that older stuff out. But I kind of wanted to start off just by asking, like, how did you arrive at the style that you have now? And how, like, how did you find that evolution? Because it really was like a complete 180. <laughs> I guess the main reason, because you can tell that when looking at my Behance, is because I'm not the most active person <laughs> like trying to update some of the online platforms apart of Instagram. And I update that every 10 years. So Beautiful. I'm pretty sure you can see some projects from a lot of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, I guess that when you are starting to try to find your own style, it's so hard to stay away from, from the people, the artists that you love, because you love them so much and you don't know, don't know enough about you that you just try to replicate someone else's style until you find what you want to do. 
So I, I think that's the, the most difficult part when, when you are starting. But the difference now is that you still got some people that influence your work, but you got the reference of that, of those artists in the back of your head rather than next to your artwork in, in the screen, try to replicate the line work, the color palette, or how other guys do the things. Yeah, that's a really yeah. interesting point that like, the difference between having, because obviously like you you make a mental picture in your head of what these influences look like, but so much of like your memory is just shaped by you as a person and like not objective as to what the thing actually is. So that's a really good point that I'd never really thought about is just like the difference of having your references ingrained in your head and compartmentalized in that way and having them actually up on the screen in front of you. It probably makes such a big difference in the work that you create. And also it's about being honest with yourself as mm -hmm. well because when you are younger, you don't think that much about where, where is the red line of copying or being inspired. But mm -hmm. the more you are into this world, you try to be more respectful with that and, and do what comes from inside you rather than from Pinterest or totally. from other places. It's so hard to do nowadays because we are we got tons of influence and people, Instagrams everywhere that it's so easy to look at, but you just have to try to be focused on what comes from your hands rather than from the outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Like uh, I was going to start uh, a new piece last night and I made the mistake of looking at somebody's work who was kind of doing something similar to what I had in mind. And like it poisoned me enough that I didn't start because it, it will get stuck in your head. And I've actually done this with, with your work. So if you guys don't know, if you're on another planet or living under a rock, our styles are similar. No, um, uh, when I, when I uh, actually, the reason why I love your work so much is probably narcissistic to say, because I'm like, oh, it kind of looks like my stuff, um, except you're, you're like way better at it. Um, like, I, I, I honestly think that uh, I think that you're like, you've, you've done what I've done but taken it so much further. And I think it's so cool. And it actually like kind of informed like, like what I could do with my style. Cause I felt like I was in a little box and then I saw your work and I was like, Oh, you can do anything with this style. You know, like it's funny cause you're so much younger than me, but you've really influenced me in that way. Um, but I, I really try hard not to rip you off. I hope that's clear. <laughs> I try the same every day, but I, I promise I'm doing my best. It's so hard not to copy your work. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't want to talk about you like that early on the interview. So I, I got like a long paragraph to talk oh, okay. about your work later. Okay. Well, yes, I, I definitely want you to give, if you could give two paragraphs, that would be much better. <laughs> or maybe three. Like, just, I, I can read it slowly if you want. Yeah, yeah, just read it slowly in kind of a sultry voice, and it'll it'll yeah. it'll come off real well. Um, no, but just honestly, imagine my lips with that mustache reading that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If we could focus in on your mustache and zoom in, the <laughs> listeners won't get that, but I really want to see the glistening of your mustaches. Disgusting, <laughs> 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 yeah. uh, Lots of glistening uh, top or uh, themes today. Um, but no, honestly, your, your skills are like off the charts. In fact, little, little side note, and I, I actually love this about our, our, uh, fearless leader, Drew, who is, uh, the guy who started closer and closer and has been on this podcast a few times. Um, our leader. Yes. Our leader. There was a, there was a time when, um, I was trying to learn the ropes of freelance and he's like, 
you know, I was getting inquiries, but I, I, I couldn't get the work done fast enough. Um, cause I still trying to like, I'm not that like you've been doing freelance long. I think everyone's been doing it longer than me. I've only been doing it since 2017. And so he, he found you and he saw your work and he's like, well, here we go. Here's a dude who can freaking kick ass at this style. <laughs> and he pulled you on the roster and he's like, well, that's kind of what I do. And then I was, I was talking to him and he's like, well, I thought this might motivate you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah, it, it, it does a little bit. And, and that to take nothing away from you, you, you definitely belong on the roster. And he realized there's more people that, that do this style. But I just thought that was funny because it totally did motivate me. I was like, okay, I, I, I'm not that okay. special. <laughs> And can I tell the other side of that story? Like how, how, yeah, how I saw that? Okay, so when I was talking with you about joining Closer and Closer, and I was like, I don't know what, what I want to do with my life. I was pretty sure that I didn't want to continue working in an agency or in a studio because I wanted to, to experiment my, my own freedom and try my, my own voice. And I, I was talking with you, and he sent me that Closer and Closer portfolio, and I saw your piece on, on the cover. And I felt like, I, I felt two things. The first one was like, oh my God, like, look, this illustration. It was one of your super crazy busy comps. And I was like, what, what, what do they want me here? Like, what, what I'm going to do here if they got this guy that smashes everything he does? Like, there's no place for someone like me. But the other 50% was like, oh my God, I want to be in his team. And someone has to warm the bench when, when he feels tired, someone has to do the busy job. <laughs> So, yeah, that, that also motivated me. And if you see my Instagram, if you scroll down, 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 you can tell, like, I was kind of good doing just one thing, one little thing in the middle of the screen, like not enough detail, not enough, just one element. And seeing your work really, really uh, made me believe that I was able to, to try to challenge myself to create more busy stuff and just take my side further. So thanks. Thanks oh man! That. I would kiss you if you were here, but it's, it's, it's just <laughs> well, amazing to see some something like that, and not try to replicate that, but try to see how far you can you can go on your own work. Dude, that that yeah, means the the world to me, and I think that's so cool the way that you put it, just to see like how how far you can push it, and and I kind of know what you're you're talking. I mean, I I do know what you're talking. About. I'd be lying if I didn't see times where I was like, holy crap! Like this dude just like packed in like everything into this piece. And I remember it was uh, one of the first ones was uh, this poster that you had created for a company for a Christmas card. And yeah, and I, I know when you started that project and when you finished it and I, like, that is the thing I cannot figure <laughs> out. And I stared at that piece for a long time. Well, I can't figure out how to, how to make stuff that quick to be clear to the listeners. Like Alejandro <laughs> cranked out this piece that was as busy as if you've seen my work as busy as like anything I've ever made. But he did it in like a week or something. And it usually takes me like a month. And I was, I was like, I can't. And there's, I think you did a process. Did you do a process on that piece where the colors are being filled in? Yeah, yeah. I did that on Instagram stories. And I think we shared that on one of our calls on Friday. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The, my, I, I, I think I got an illness that I don't know how to sketch. <laughs> so I draw everything straight away in final style yes so i can stop drawing till something is looking like final it, that it, can work well sometimes if, if the client like it it's so easy to to jump on on the final line work 
But if they don't like it, I have to redo that again, <laughs> and it takes ages. But I, I was lucky that time; they were super happy. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, I would be amazed if they time. weren't. Yeah, like a, another thing that, that you should understand about Alejandro is when you look at his work and you're like, "Oh, this is really rad." Yeah, just know that the sketch for that thing looks exactly like the final piece, just in pencil form. It's crazy, like. Because my my sketches, you can go on my Instagram, and I have like uh, on on my highlights it says sketches. You know, like oh my gosh, Dave Dave really relies on the computer. Um, you know, my sketches are very sketchy, right? But yours are like drawings; they're not sketches. But that's not something that I want to do intentionally. It's something that because I'm not able to do on a sketch. If yeah. I got a name like a piece of paper and. Just drop some ideas, like here is the main composition, like this is going to be the text. No, I, I just can't do that. I have to draw the text and see how everything connects. And I'm not happy till I see, when, when I describe my process, it's like, for me, it's like a puzzle. I need to know exactly what piece comes next to yeah. each other to see if it's going to work or not. And I don't know that until I see more detail. Obviously, yeah. it's not 100% detail, but... Like I would say, like eighty-eight. <laughs> no, it. Uh, th- this actually makes a ton of sense, and and I'll I'll bring this around and tell you why that's a better process. And just so, well, it doesn't matter. You and I are kind of going off on a tangent here, but our listeners don't know that, so I don't even need to say anything. Anyway, um, so the reason why that's good is because I know exactly what you mean. I can't sketch either. So, if, like when you watch amazing artists. Um, like they'll they'll be holding the pencil like this and they'll like yeah, go yeah. like that and be like dude you just drew a face like how to, just in a few like quick strokes, so I can't I can't do that and I assume that's what you're talking about and you and mm. and I would do well to do what you do and just draw what the hell I'm thinking because if I try to fill it in with like scribbles it never works but I still do it anyway yeah. and those scribbles and those moments. And this is, could be why you're so freaking fast. Those moments, I'm like, oh, I'll figure it out in the final. And I'll tell you what, those are the hardest freaking moments to figure out. Where I'm like, damn, yeah. I didn't draw anything here. I drew a line connecting to this. And I'm depending on future Dave to figure it out. And future Dave's like, yeah, old exactly. Dave, you prick. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, I would do that tomorrow. And it's like, nah, bad idea when, when you are in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, it's like, you, you spend, I mean, a lot of time in the first part of the illustration. But when you are like 98% of the illustration done, that 5% is the most difficult. Yep. The one that takes the most of you is like, oh my God, this is not right. Like, what am I going to do with this little space on the top right yeah. section? <laughs> oh, I, but at the end, it works. I'm so glad. That, Even if it's 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just so glad there's someone else on earth that like knows the pain. And I feel like you know the pain. Yeah. Um, well, and I just want to interject real quick for the listeners out there, because I think you know, I'm just sitting back and kind of listening to the conversation. And it's so insightful, because I think a lot of illustrators like have somebody like, you know, a relationship like this, where they, but they have it from afar, like they're like, they find this person on Instagram, and they're like, Oh, their work is really similar to mine. And like, Oh, like, theirs is so cool. And like, why doesn't mine look like that? And I want mine to be as good as theirs. But they, they can't have this like actual personal connection with that illustrator Mm. where they can have this conversation and be like, oh, like you do this thing a little bit differently than I do. And like, you know, this thing works better for you, but this thing works better for me. So I think something that is super important for the listeners to keep in mind is that like any illustrator that you see that has a similar style to you, that you feel like is just miles above you and like a hundred times better than you, there's probably a lot of things like this where it's like, 
oh, like you have a piece of the puzzle that they don't have and they have a piece of the puzzle that you don't have. And that doesn't necessarily mean that like one of you is a million times better. It's just like, you know, just to to speak to, you know, not comparing yourself to these people and like using them as a motivation to kind of up your game instead Mm. of constantly being like, oh, well, I'm never going to be as good as them. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an amazing point. And uh, honestly, I I felt I know this sounds weird, but I felt like super alone in in my process in these late nights until I met Alejandro and he's like, mm-hmm. dude, like I go through some of these I have these exact same pain points. We're actually going to talk about um one called zooming out where I was like, wow, like something very specific. Um but before before that, but thank you for that comment. It's true. Like you yeah. can't mm-hmm. like we all have the same struggles and and there's some that I figured out just pieces. But you'll find that like those pieces always match something that the other person hasn't figured out. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, and also not feeling like we are in a competition here. Right. Or it's like we got more that connect us than separate us. So it's so good to see someone else that even even not just the style. It's like we talked about that. Like even if he's older than I am, we got some certain like inspiration stuff that made our works being more connected about i don't know like basketball stuff mm-hmm. or yep. american visual culture toys plastic toys whatever and i think that's a good thing it's not a bad thing i don't feel less unique or i don't feel because like, i don't i don't own that mm-hmm. so it's really good to find someone that i never seen in real life that lives thousands of kilometers away that feels inspired by similar stuff so mm-hmm. i think that's kind of a, a beautiful thing to discover rather than feeling that someone else is going to take a piece of your cake or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, dude, what a, that's a great way of putting it. And yeah, because you and I have had this conversation like it, it and, mm. and you know, we're, we're staying on this topic, but it's such a good one, especially if you're an artist who you feel like you're in competition with somebody else. Um, I remember around the 4th of July, 2019, like you dropped this killer piece and, and I was like, man, this is so much better than anything that I could do. <laughs> And well, I feel that with every piece you upload. Okay. So (laughs) no, but see that that's, well, I'm glad that we have this understanding. I think that that feeling will always kind of be there because that's like, you know, like it's motivating, but, um, but I remember it being not motivating that day. And, uh, and I was like, Dave, you can't be a jerk about this. You got to like celebrate this dude's ability. And like, once I told myself that I was like, yeah, like, what are you doing, man? And I remember sending you a message. And from that moment on, I've just been like a straight fan. I'm like, go to the, like, go as far as you can. Like if you rocket across the universe and I stay here on earth, even better. Like I, I want that. I want to see that. And that was, that was kind of confirmed. I was having a conversation with, with high road design, um, who, who's got like 50,000 followers in the past year, just because he produces every day. And I was like, what, what's, I was kind of talking to him on, on Instagram video, which I didn't even know was a thing. I was like, what's the secret to your success, man? Like, what, how do you do this? And he's like, I, I, I'm not trying to compete with anybody. I want the success of other people. So mm. I post their work and, and I talk about them and, and I, I uh, form friendships. And that's like where a lot of my followers come from. And I think that's a really great thing. So if you're out there and you're trying to compete with somebody and you think that this is a freaking sport, you're going to have a tough time. Yeah, just delete your Instagram account, okay? Yeah, just delete it. Start a different career. <laughs> it's yeah, like James Jean is listening to this. Yeah. He's like, I feel like I compete with other people. And I'm the greatest illustrator on the planet. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, we uh, don't want you here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Man, you know, it's it's funny. I've had this question up in front of me for like 15 minutes. I do I do want to ask it, but that that whole like little piece of history between us is is uh, I think good stuff. Um, yeah, I hope people don't get tired uh, listening and talking about our story here. No, I th- I think it's I think it's something a lot of illustrators and designers can relate to. Especially, I mean, like mm-hmm. Instagram is basically a, a platform. It's a platform for competition. It's like this is what I can do, and someone is like, "This is what I can do, and this is what I can do," mm-hmm. and it's just mm-hmm. always in our face. But if if you can turn that to like, "Yeah, that's that's great what you can do," rather than "I'm pissed off at what you can do," you'll have a happier life, and you will not get testicular <laughs> cancer. <laughs> just love each other, yeah. Confirmed. Yeah. Well, you still might get it, but it'll just be that you'll slow down <laughs> the, the time. Okay, so. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. Um, so I was I was going to talk about your your graphic design skills because the unfair thing about you is that like you also are like an incredible just straight up graphic designer. Like if you if if you actually instead of your Behance, if you scroll through your your Instagram, you get to some some rad days where it's just like line work for the NBA and and just stuff that like the bet. Honestly, some of the best design I've seen in a long time that's just straight up graphic design. Oh my god. <laughs> Where did that come from? Where did your design skills come from? Oh well, as I as you said on the introduction, uh I studied fine arts and I felt like I really enjoyed that time. Like I felt like an artist. That was super fun to do. But a part of me didn't feel like I belong to this world because you know, like the modern artist mm-hmm. uh, world where you have to talk more and do less. I don't know, sorry for saying that, but it's like, mm, I didn't feel part of that. So then I decided to study a little master on graphic design after that. Oh, cool. And I kind of felt like, okay, this is cool, but it's still not myself. It's still not what I want to do. And it was so rigid for what I wanted to do. It's too many rules, too many grids, too many boxes. Right. So I kind of felt in the middle of the two worlds. So I, I felt like, okay, if I combine like fine arts and graphic design, we got that middle way of illustration, digital illustration that I felt more comfortable. And I felt like where I was more in my pants. Mm-hmm. So That's cool. I guess I got some bits from, from there. But to be honest, I don't consider myself a, a designer. And I, every time I heard something like, we we have to create a system or we have to use a grid or something mm. like that. It's like, oh my God, I'm not your guy. So call <laughs> someone else because I'm not going to do a good job. So uh, just leave me, give me a, like an empty space where I can fill every bit of that with something crazy. I can do that. Yeah. But don't ask me for a system. Don't ask me for something crazy, crazy studied because there's a lot of people out there that can do better than, than I do. But, but that, I, I feel like in the middle of the two worlds. So future clients, he's not a designer. Here, it's funny <laughs> though, to, to be able to... Ask me for anything easy, okay? <laughs> yeah. To be able to, to do sort of these, these complex, crazy pieces though, you do have to have a designer brain because it, you're, you're placing all of this stuff down in a space. And then not only that, like mm. th- that stuff alone without any line work within those those forms is is tough to lay out anyway. And so you have to have your brain where it's like strong um, sense of composition and design. And then once you start filling in all that stuff with line work, not that that's the mm. process, but you have to then look at that line work, zoom out and, and be like, okay, is this all working? And then you'll see like it's really muddled in the corner. 
And so you have to go down to that corner and start deleting stuff and then zoom back out and yeah. balance it. So it definitely comes in handy as, as you start to scale up to crazier pieces like you do. Um, but I totally hear you. You're, you're not a designer. You just happen to like rule at it. It's like Marlon Brando back in the day. He was like, <laughs> no. he had he, already won like two Academy Awards for Best Actor. He's like, I don't even like acting. I don't even like it. That's no, not no, what no, I want to do. I understand. I do feel uh, I do feel connected with with design, obviously. But when when I see like real designers, I can tell such a big difference. Sure. Like, oh my God, these are real designers. Okay, they they know how to think in design. I just happen to feel inspired by some design bits mm-hmm. yeah. and try to add them to to my illustrations. Like Abraham, the piece that he released the other day, um, I like. Oh my God, he's super smart. <laughs> yeah. That- that dude's funny because he's so humble and it's like, dude, you, you're so freaking good. Like, <laughs> but anyway, we'll, we'll be chatting with I have, him. I have, no, no. Anyway, no, please. Stop that. <laughs> I have to mention that he's one of the main reasons that I joined Closer and Closer as well. Oh, so wow. he recommend me that. I have to say thanks, Abraham, if you are listening. Oh. Gracias, Abraham. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, are you sure you don't want me to say gracias, gracias Abraham? I, I, <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that's how I'd say it. Gracias, Abraham. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to kind of touch back on something that you and Dave, like I think Dave mentioned in passing, but it's something that I always think of when I think of you as well. Um, Dave always mentions on the podcast that, you know, this idea of zooming out while you're working um, is incredibly important. And it's something that he shares with you, like this idea of zooming out. Um, how do you keep yourself from getting lost in the details of your work and how do you avoid kind of the decision fatigue and paralysis that could easily come when you're working on such detailed pieces? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, here is where I was prepared to read that paragraph about you. <laughs> I already talked about you enough, but so there was some sentence that Dave Arcade is like the first man that climbed the Everest. Oh, wow. And he's like the Steve Jobs of illustration, always coming out with something new and fresh that no one has seen before. Is that enough for you? Yeah, man, that, that, made, me, that made me feel good, dude. Like I was feeling pretty bad <laughs> yesterday for some reason, but today I'm high flying. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically um, I was talking about him here because obviously he's the main man doing doing that. And he's all I want to be when I grow up, except for his old age. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> You son of a bitch. Yeah, so... so are you crying? I'm crying now. No. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing hard and I had a tear in yeah. my eye. So, yeah. Zooming in and zooming out, right? I think that technology is one of our biggest enemies here. And biggest, bigger screens are really bad for us. Mm-hmm. So it happens that we are drawing... And as we love details and we are perfectionist people, we zoom in to see what's left. Mm-hmm. But when you zoom in, you see a lot of empty space. Yeah. So you just try to fill it with more stuff. And with these 24 inches of screens, you just do more, do more, do more. And there is always white everywhere. <laughs> it's so true. So yeah, that illness makes you try to put something in there. But what happens when you zoom out, it's like, as they said in other podcasts, it's like, oh my God, I spent like 10 hours doing something that is just like one inch <laughs> on the whole artwork. And it's frustrating. But you, you just can't stop doing it. You say like, how, how do you avoid getting lost? It's like, 
I, I just can't. Like, please tell me if someone knows that. Because <laughs> yeah. I keep doing that every time. It, yeah, because, like, there's, if you don't try it, and, and I, I'm sure you play the same little mental game, right? Like, you you convince yourself, you're like, let me just, I'm just going to go and explore this for a little bit. And the, and the smart part of you is like, <laughs> you don't need to. Where are you going? Like, yeah, just yeah. stay here. And you're like, listen, man, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And, the, <laughs> and then like, like three, so, and while you're doing it, your brain is like, stop doing this right now. And you're like, yeah. you don't know. I know. Shut up. And you keep going. And then sure enough, you zoom out and you're like, you were right. You were right, brain. Like, I, I should have not even yeah. done that. Three hours later. Yeah, we we are drug addicts. We we need that. Yeah. So we just can't stop like being alone at home, working at night. We need someone else to help us to get out of that hole. Yeah. Honestly, like somebody watching us would be great. We're like cats. <laughs> We're like cats. Like, no, let me just. It's like it's a piece of dynamite. It is the fuse is lit. It's gonna blow up. You're like I'm just gonna check it out. Like what's the problem? I know. I know what I'm doing. Okay, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. You need someone standing behind you with like the spray bottle of water, like with a cat. Yes. Yeah. Like, no, gosh, that's such a fantastic idea. So, like my wife would be just right at the back of my neck, be like, oh, okay, sorry, I'll zoom out. <laughs> I remember when, when I was working at, at Isle of Dust and we used to work for, for Red Bull. I, I used to read, work for Red Bull a lot doing these, these illustrations that were going to be printed in the can. We could only use like uh, blue and silver. So the Red Bull cans were um, related to sports all the time and like uh, races, motorbikes. And there were a lot of times that that we had to draw like audience with mm -hmm. a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I've seen other cans that all illustrations did and they just draw like a simple or like really good. It works in the illustration, but like a simple crowd of people. Right. And I used to zoom in and draw the details of the face that the guy was on the corner, like in the in the very back of the stadium. And I was like, why? And then I, I, I saw my, my can on the supermarket and he went, oh, that's the face that I spent an hour and a half drawing. Nothing. nothing. Just like, no, nothing. Get not frustrating. But I should have learned by now, but we can't. No. It's like being addicted to a really um, stupid drug that, that gives you nothing. Yeah, but I guess that I, I, I think there is someone out there that, that value that, that see, see that detail and see, oh my God, that's so detailed. I love that. Well, yeah. Even if we can see it. Like uh, Aaron Horky, for example. Do you know Aaron Horky's work? Mm. No. Uh, he, the, the, oh, sorry. Sorry, Aaron, if you are listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Alejandro said, yes, he, he loves Aaron Horky's work. No, I'm, <laughs> he's like, uh, if, if you Google his stuff, he's one of these guys that uh, he can draw the most detailed thing you've ever seen on a piece of paper, like the size of, uh, what is this big? A coaster, for example. Mm. Um, and, and I think if, you, if you're dealing with pen and ink, like uh, 0.5 micro pen lines, and like, you can do stuff like that. That That's for, you know, he does like woodcut stuff, right? Like Tracy Ching, like, like uh, where it looks like mm -hmm. a woodcut. That, that's different. That's you're, you're putting detail in there for a reason. But if you're just drawing a face in a crowd, that's like going to be the size of a crumb on a can mm -hmm. and you spend an hour on the face, then welcome to our world. And, <laughs> and also don't do that. Well, I didn't mean to cause so much silence. Sorry, guys. 
They don't, they don't understand the pain, okay? So. Yeah, somebody out there will, though. Somebody out there, we're saving yeah. somebody right now. We're saving the next us from wasting days of illustration time. Can you put, like, a phone number just to, if someone else feels the same, can call us and share the problem? So we, the feel like we can create a community. The Zoom Out hotline? <laughs> like, how long you been zoomed are, in, sir? I've been zoomed are. in for eight hours yeah. on this face. It's like, you need... Okay, you, just <laughs> command... Minus sign, command, I can't do it. If you are out there, you are not alone, okay? <laughs> yes. Andrea, how Sorry. are you? We're going to pause. Sorry, I don't know why it's getting weird, but I think it's your turn to ask a question, Dave. Let's see for one second. How have you come up with so many ideas? <laughs> no, it's your turn. How It says, how have you come up with so many ideas to include in just one piece? Do you have a bank of build? No, you skipped yours. You skipped. So one thing that attracts me to your work is to your pieces yeah. are the personal artifacts. You know what? You're absolutely right. <laughs> okay. So that let's, let's, uh, let's, let's get it back in. Okay. So, so Alejandro, we're going to, we're going to zoom out from our conversation. So one of the things that attracts me to your pieces are the, the personal artifacts. Ironically, it takes illustrators like a super long time to arrive at subjects that are like close to them, which I think is funny because it's the first thing we should start drawing, but we don't. What are these things for you and why, why these things, like why these particular things, you're very specific with the stuff that you draw. Uh, I guess that for me it's very important to feel connected to my illustrations so they feel like a part of what I got inside or what I got in my house, what, what I live. So uh, it's, it's like what, what you calls your own voice is part of whatever you do in your life. So it's not something that you do when you are drawing. It's part of how you grew up, how, whatever it is on your daily basis. Yeah, so basically, um, I can't deny that anything related to my childhood memories feels super attractive. And I think there is some special value on, in the things that no longer exist. Mm -hmm. Even if trends bring them back, it, it never feels the same as how you experienced when you were young, when you were a child back in that day. So there is also some nostalgia that, about how society was back in the 80s, back in the 90s. Like, yeah. It seemed a bit more innocent, like everything is, is like offending someone nowadays. Everything is measurable in likes, the algorithms, the, we have to be exposed. You can rate everything with the stars. Mm -hmm. It's just, just having to be exposed to achieve anything in the internet world with too many rules and boxes yeah. to check. I don't know, it, it feels like too much. So I guess that's part of me with the nostalgia tries to bring back that the simplicity of those old times. And I just miss those long summers playing with water guns in, in the water pool where you didn't have to think about what people are going to think about this or like if you're going to offend someone with your comment or if they're going to put you a negative review. It's just like we feel observed nowadays. So I just yeah. need the simplicity of the previous times. Yeah, man. Like I can feel that so much. I, I'm one of these guys that like, you know, I come from the generation that was uh, the only generation. Um, actually, you guys are part of this too, but I was, I was uh, an adult before the internet like hit. Mm -hmm. I, how old was I? Oh, yeah. I was in my, I was like 22. And uh, so one foot pre-internet out the door and then one foot 
in the the what am I trying to say? One foot out, one foot in, pre-internet, <laughs> post-internet. Okay, generation. You're trying to say to say that you were born like an adult, right? Was I born in when did you say the forties? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. I was. I was born a lot. As Alejandro likes to make fun of my age a lot, and it actually cracks me up. <laughs> um, yeah. You just started, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Alejandro, uh, watch yourself. Now you have somebody in the room that can make fun of your age. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you're, you're like wait. How old how, are you? How old are you, Andrea? I'm 22. Oh, I thought you were 15. Oh my god! But I act like a 15 year old. To be to be no. fair. Yeah. So is she what is she like 10 years younger than you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Or, I'm coming I'm for you, Alejandro. So, yeah. Okay. Enough. Yeah. Uh, keep talking, babe. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, no, but uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, I, I'm making this too long. You already said it. Uh, just like the a love for those artifacts, like. Uh, I, I would buy my sons like action figures for Christmas when they were little and, and they didn't care about that stuff. But what they do care about are, are like memes, right? They're like, oh, let me, let me like stare at this meme. Let me have a JPEG of this meme. And that means more to me than this action figure. And so like these old artifacts, I miss them so much. And I, that's what I love about your work is like seeing, actually looking at your work is a little bit um, sometimes taking like a time capsule, even your old, um, your the the inter, old like 2004 interface internet stuff you know like little windows mm-hmm. with the even that yeah, stuff yeah. like takes me back to a time you don't just draw fluff it's always a thing that you can pick up or remember or recall mm-hmm. and i think that's rad well and i think it's interesting yeah, too you. that you mentioned like you know even if these things come back in style they're still like you're drawing them the way that you remember them originally because i don't know if you've heard that mm-hmm. saying ever that like if you're old, like if you're old enough to remember the first time a trend came around, you shouldn't participate in it. Like you just shouldn't do it again. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I kind of I I love that because you know you might some people out there might just pick up a, a, a style or something that they're doing because it's trendy and it's come back around and they're like oh like I want to do this. Mm-hmm. But yours is just like so authentic to you and you're like no like I've always been doing this. I'm gonna keep doing this. You know obviously it'll evolve mm-hmm. and change, but it's always gonna be informed by like that nostalgia, which I love. So interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm drawing some stuff that were from the 80s. And <laughs> I was born, like, uh, 25th of December in the 89. So, yeah. technically, you were I born on Christmas? spent, like, four. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's why you're such a gift to the world. I, I'm that special, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, technically, I, I just spent, like, five days on the 80s. So, I'm not sure if I'm technically allowed to draw stuff from the 80s. So. <laughs> It all bleeds over. It, like 1980, if here's my theory: three years into a new decade, you still are dealing with the last decade. Totally. So 1983 okay. still feels like the 70s when you look at anything from that era. <laughs> 1993 still feels a little like the 80s. Although in the 90s we did make a super quick shift. You know, like Michael Jackson's Black yeah. or White came out, and you're like, holy cow, their faces are changing. Like, what is this? Like CG was like hiding for all of the 80s, and then the 90s hit, and they're like, we have CG already. It's already here. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. But since we're on the topic of kind of these elements to your illustrations, I have a question about that. Um, I was wondering how you come up with so many ideas to include in just one piece. Like, I don't know if you have a bank of illustrative elements that you pull from, or if you're always just kind of like pulling these out of thin air. And um, how do you kind of keep them from, you know, getting repetitive or feeling stale to you? 
Okay, the first thing I have to say is that I do feel repetitive already. <laughs> uh, it's so hard, but at the same time, I, I don't think it's such a bad thing in terms of when you see someone's work, you can identify those elements that are a bit more re repetitive mm -hmm. and you feel like they are part of their own language. Mm -hmm. So it helps to reinforce your, your voice. And yeah, on the other side, it's like when, when I want to draw something, you, you of course got like this inner supermarket aisle that yeah. you go, I say, what I want to draw. It's like, oh, in the toy section. Yeah, a Kit Kat clock today. Okay, bring that. Nice. So you just check again and again all, all everything you love from like plastic toys and 90s films. And I don't know, it depends on your mood, whatever, but... Of course, you got your your own thing on your head. You got your a few Pinterest reference. You got other people's work that talk in the same language. Mm -hmm. So it's just a mix of everything that translates into your own thing. Um, yeah, and also when in terms of filling all the spaces and putting tons of stuff in the same space. As I said before, I'm not a super fan of grids, but. I feel more like a printer that I just start right. like with the bottom and then continue to the top like poop poop. Nice. And yeah, sorry for that sound. No. no. Um, I just feel like a monkey that got a pen on the hand and has to feel everything. So you just, I, I think the main rule in my illustration is just keep adding. Yeah. Adding. Yeah. Keep adding. I love and that. To make everything work together, of course, you just you don't drop just a bunch of things on the on the artboard. So you have to try to identify those connectors. What what's that gonna be? Is that gonna be like a cloud? Is it gonna be like some cables? Is it gonna be like a sky with the stars or just water? That I don't know. And when you see Dave's work as well, he got these things that cross the illustration and takes you to the to the next bit. So. You, you have to identify those things to make everything work together so it doesn't look like a college or a patchwork, like super forced, yeah. one thing next to next to each other. And also with the help of some shadows and strong, I, I like to use like a strong black shadows because it automatically makes something stand from from the background. So you can feel that sense of, I'm not really good with perspective. Like Dave is a crazy master of perspective and he can draw stuff that you can tell like a strong point of view going to the background and something is really close to you. Mm -hmm. But I'm more like, I think more in, in a flat way. So that's why I need the, the strong shadows to, to keep things uh, coming from the top and going to the background. Yeah, no, it's, uh, the sh I love the shadows. Like uh, that, I will admit that um, I have... Uh, added more like little tiny black shadows into things since I've met you. But, um, <laughs> but it's cool. You mentioned connectors and, and it's interesting that we all have to come up with our own. And I, I love that yours, yours is like barbed wire chain. Like you chose these things that are like yeah. hard to draw. And I was like, Holy, like I, I use, I choose guitar cables because I, I love, I love playing guitar, but it's also easy to draw a, like a line. And I'm like, yeah. this dude chose freaking to draw a chain like a whole chain to connect stuff and i think that's so we cool love a challenge. <laughs> yeah no joke man like chains are hard to draw and and barbed wire too like that's not that's not a fun connector yeah but they are super trendy are they see i i wouldn't yeah. know like in my in my day like if you had a tribal tattoo um or barbed yeah. wire tattoo it's like dude you should get that covered up 
but you know, okay, it came back around. They are back. You can you can get one now. Yeah, yeah. And what about a tramp stamp? Are those still cool? <laughs> Not sure. <laughs> do you guys don't know what that is? Of course, you we know what a tramp stamp Next. is. Okay, I thought I was, <laughs> felt like I was talking to a twenty-two-year-old and a thirty-two-year-old. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I think it, they're coming nice back. We got we we got a representation from each generation yeah. here, so it's really good to to talk. Yes, we can learn a lot. We have somebody from the Roosevelt, the Clinton, and <laughs> the Trump era for yeah. Andrea. <laughs> I don't um, know why you just went with presidents <laughs> instead of just generations, like Gen Z, Gen X, millennial. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> why do you get a special name? Why do millennials get a special why, why, uh, You don't have a gen and then a letter next to I your name? I think the one before it, it... No, they definitely do, but I think yours is like the lost generation or something. Dave. It was a forgotten generation. Yeah, but, yes, I'm, literally, though. I think there's something like that. Yeah, it's there's a whole article I read on, on ours being the, the overlooked generation. So basically, millennials are like me, 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 yeah. and then boomers are like us, 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 and then we're we were the '80s kids, the latchkey kids whose parents both worked, and we we're just like, cool. I'm just gonna stay home and play Nintendo and with my GI Joes. I'm yeah. glad you're gone. And we oh, were how, how I consider myself like from the '80s and '90s. I, I I'm not sure. Yeah. So what what would be my my label? You uh you are Gen. You're not Gen X. He's Gen... Gen Y is millennial, y. I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're a millennial, XYZ. dude. Yeah, you're a millennial. Oh, my God. Yeah, but you're the, younger now. You're the older... So you're torn between my generation and the millennial generation. And so we lean on you to be like, dude, these guys are idiots, right? And for the most part, you guys are like, yeah, they are. So we, we keep pulling you. Millennials aren't trying to pull you over. They don't want you on their team. They're just... They're like, we're they good to, on our own. Good. All, everyone who's young who's listening, I, I'm sorry, I'm not making fun of you, but I totally am at the same time. And so let's keep going. Um, so this is this is. I, I want to get your take on this. I, I you know I don't want to. I don't want to. I just got done ripping on millennials, but uh, I love <laughs> I love you millennials. The, the, I, I'm honestly intimidated by anybody who's younger than me um, who does stuff yeah. better than me. It really impresses me to a furious level. Um, so you, I want to get your take on, on design and illustration trends that are kind of going on right now. Cause I feel like you, you have a pretty good sense of this stuff. Is there any like styles that you think are getting repetitive or where do you think illustrates illustration is heading? Like, what are your thoughts here? Uh, yeah, of course I think, uh, that there is a lot of repetitive things nowadays and i include myself in, in that boat no I but wouldn't. i think it's just uh not i wouldn't say a problem but if you check like where we put our art it's mainly on instagram on the hands on all those platforms a lot of people have access to that and it's so easily it's so easy to identify a trend and try to replicate that so i think as we are hyper connected it's super easy to to have a similar way of creating. It doesn't matter if you live in the United States anymore. Like, yeah. for example, look at my work. Like, I'm from Europe, and I do feel like super inspired by the American visual culture. Right. And I, I didn't even live there, but we we saw your films. We saw everything, like all the sports, everything you do. And I have to say that, like, not too loud, but. In, in some way, you do something cooler than us, okay? <laughs> just something. It's just like, 
in terms of uh, visual culture, okay? We got the Renaissance, we got all the cool story in the past. But nowadays, I think that you guys do some cool stuff. All right, we'll, we'll so take it's, it. It's, it's, just, it's just so easy to, um, to do something like someone else nowadays. Yeah. So when, when you look on Instagram and all those platforms that are showing or are sharing like resources of, look, this is the free texture or this thing, these brushes that you can download, which is super helpful and I have used them. And it's really nice, but at the same time, it's making a lot of words look the same. Yeah. So you can, you can, if you follow a hashtag or you can see pretty much the same way of illustrating just because they are using the same brush or the same texture. Or color palette. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So while it's something cool and it makes our life easier in terms of saving us time and because I'm, I'm really bad with, with that back process. Like I'm, I think I'm good at creating at thinking at doing, but I'm not like a super technique person in terms of, Oh, I'm going to create my own brush or right. Uh, what what's the effect that I'm gonna apply? Like that's what I like my my illustration kind of simple, not in terms of the amount of objects or the composition, but in terms of black line, flat color, mm-hmm. or another shadow. But if you see my work, it's never like super like tons of gradients and effects and overlay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more simple because I'm not that that good at at do resources, and I'm thankful that we got them. But at the same time, the bad side of that is like, it feels more repetitive Mm -hmm. and we are putting more and more resources out there. So we all replicate the same. And even with those courses that a lot of good illustrators, a lot of illustrators do on on internet, I wish I had those before. We just have like a few tutorials from some freaks that (laughs) like to share that back in the day. Like, yeah, this is how you can render this. This is how you can do this effect. But now it's, it's, it's really a thing. Like you, you can pretty much learn anything on mm-hmm. internet and it's so useful. But at the same time, you are learning the way someone specific does things mm-hmm. and you replicate that way. So yeah. it kind of loses that special, unique language. Yeah. So I don't, know, I don't want to sound so negative about that because I think it's a good thing. But at the same time, we repeat the same again and again. And I include myself, like, for example, I... I use the smiley icon, the smiley icon more than I should, but I just can't can't avoid doing that. My mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, say hello. <laughs> uh, hold on, let's. We'll have to tell Matt like anytime there's long pauses that that that's what that was for. If he's like, yeah, what I the hell's wrong with these guys? <laughs> um, okay. Oh yeah, for example, with the smiley icon, that it's, I, I use it a lot more than I should, and I see a lot of people using it, and I really love it. It's, it's like I love everything that feels iconic from an era. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I see that in in someone else's works, it's like, oh my god, I'm I'm being repetitive. Like I, I I'm not owning this. I can't own that because I didn't make that up. Mm-hmm. But you just do it and you are part of that as well. So I guess there is a little part that we can stay away. So it's a good and a, and a bad thing. I, I, I wouldn't like, you know, just to, to make a distinction, I, I think that like the, whatever you want, the nomenclature or the 
the list of things that that you like to put into pieces, like your your triple eye smiley face, or you know, going back to uh, 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 barbed wire or whatever. I think those those things are are yours. Though. Those are artifacts that that uh, they're repetitive in your work, but that's to nail mm-hmm. down your style. Um, and I would give those things more credit as as being uh, more of a foundation to build something on rather than building an entire style on somebody else's work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I understand that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like uh, Raul. Say his name correctly for, for us, Andrea. Raul's name. <laughs> Raul? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Raul Uriah. Yeah. Oh, man, that sounds so good. You know, it's it's kind <laughs> of uh, what he's talking about, how he, he said, uh, I don't, I, I'm not inspired by, my work is not inspired by anybody who's alive. And uh, we're you're kind of getting into mm-hmm. this, this notion of uh, building off of, of older work that needs to be built off of rather than something that was just made yesterday. And, uh, and I kind of hear you saying a similar thing in that, uh, like finding or building your style off of things that you're seeing um, on the internet or, well, that's a bad way of putting it, uh, that you're seeing that was created just a few days ago. Like you got to get mm-hmm. away from the computer. You have to, you have to uh, yeah. explore your style um, based on like where you've been. You have to, it's weird. And it sounds like it will make your work feel dated, but you got to look to your past. You got to look to your childhood. You got to look to like the things that are, make you who you are. And that's kind of what mm-hmm. I hear from you. Exactly. A lot. And, and that's what made you uh, authentic. I think like when you see Raul Urias work on even Abraham, I'm so jealous, like not, not jealous because they are Mexican. That's why I got the good <laughs> But it, <laughs> it, it's like, they got such a nice background and, and you can tell like where they come from just seeing the illustrations mm-hmm. and they really blend with their culture and they take it to another level. So it's super inspiring yeah. to see the, the sketches, like all the, what I made from Abraham when I just spent like a few months working with him on Paul for Night. And even if we got like super crazy different styles, seeing him work, all the process, all the process he does before drawing anything, it's crazy. Like oh, yeah. that man makes like a really deep research. He looks mm-hmm. everywhere. Like no, I'm not talking about open Pinterest yeah. and just like open a few pins. No, he goes to the books. He goes to the street. He just walks. He goes to the park. Like he tried to take from everywhere. Yeah. And that's something that I, I, I used to struggle to do, but it's, it's so inspiring to see someone that is just like open to, to receive from, from everywhere. And I think that a lot of Mexican illustrators that I know, they, they really do a good job on, on that side of taking the culture and making it more like looking cool on, on the actual time. Yeah. And it's, it's just like so good. It's, I'm not saying that in Spain we don't have a culture or something that I can pull from, but you know, like all the colors from the Mexican culture or the Aztec <laughs> yeah, yeah. culture. It's, it's just like so cool and and they take it to another level. So I admire that. Yeah, no, I love that you brought that up because that's exactly what those dudes do. Like, and it's been inspiring to me lately uh, as well. Like, uh, yeah, I, I you said it perfectly. Awesome. Well, I just look through like 90s films and, <laughs> and plastic toys. It's not that valuable, but it's still cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, those things are just as cool. We're, yeah. we're just, yeah, yeah, for sure. 
Awesome. Well, before we wrap up, first of all, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Alejandro, for being here and taking the time out of your day to chat with us. It was so fun. Um, My last question for you, which is the hardest question of all, is where can people find you and your work? Uh, (laughs) I have to say that. Are you going to make me spill spill my Instagram account? Yeah, I am. I'm going to make you promote yourself. So. Okay, mainly I have to admit that I'm most active on Instagram. I'm too old to have a TikTok profile. <laughs> so I feel like super far from that. Maybe you are more familiar with that, Andrea. How about you, Dave? Like, uh, how do you feel about TikTok? Oh, yeah. uh, Dave is I, a huge TikToker. I, have, I, haven't ticked, I haven't ticked a talk yet. Okay. My so, dad you, is big on TikTok, now. so don't, don't hate. He loves it. <laughs> We're not. Yes. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> Mainly, I, I'm going to say it in the Spanish way, okay? So okay. mainly you can follow me on, on my Instagram account, which is underscore parrilla, Beautiful. which is like P-A-R-R-I-L-L-I. Beautiful. Okay? So Awesome. Well, if, if there is someone that can say it better for the English speaker, I appreciate that. <laughs> so they can find it. Give him a follow. His work um, is incredible. Yeah. Awesome. Like for like, follow for follow, you know. <laughs> like, don't forget to subscribe to my channel. Hit the like button, subscribe, rate, do all of that yeah. fun stuff. Everything. Whatever. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Alejandro. It was great chatting today. Thanks, Alejandro. Thank you, guys. I had such a good time. Class act, man. Thanks for tuning in to the Closer and Closer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to receive the latest episodes. You don't want to miss some of the incredible conversations that we have coming up. They'll be full of powerful insight to help you reach your full creative potential. To find out more about us, visit www.closerandcloser.co.